Hello, my name is Xavier Mercado, and this is Spearhead Conversations. Today, I'm joined by special guest Byron Thompson. Byron Thompson is a leader within the organization, The Phoenix. It provides a sober, active community that uh, has made its impact not only in Wisconsin, but uh, across state lines as well. Um, I went to Soberfest 3 this year, and I was amazed. And I felt for the first time in almost two years of sobriety, a home, a haven, and um, just seeing everyone, you know, just being out there, being themselves, and just uh, advocating for sobriety. It's something I really respected. So with that, we reached out, and um, here he is today. So without further ado, how you doing, Byron? I'm doing great, Xavier, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, we're finally getting this done. Um yeah. Finally got a chance to to be on your show. You're, you're, <laughs> yeah. you're the hardest working man in show business. So it's really an honor to be here. Um, I've seen some of my heroes actually uh, on your show. And uh, yeah. so it's it's great to be in this seat. Well, I appreciate the kind words, man. I love my community. I love, you know what I mean? I just, I'm sick and tired of the stereotypes they, they place on Milwaukee. And, you know, this is home. So yeah. it's, I don't. I'm not going to be quiet anymore about it. So with this platform, it's it's bringing on people like you and so many other guests. But, uh, you know, with that being said, just like you and so many others, I feel like you represent our community in such an impactful way. So I just want to say thank you for coming on, because honestly, it, it means this episode is a special one for me. Um, just for the, the the fact that, I mean sobriety is a way of life and you uh <laughs> yes. you uh create this uh this circle of of unity and and i really respect it so again i'm happy you're on and uh with that let's jump into it let's go so <laughs> where were you born south side of chicago south side <laughs> chicago the question <laughs> don't ask me don't, don't let's not get into no uh football stuff <laughs> is he a bear said <laughs> We're gonna keep it. We're gonna keep it up uh, with the community. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but <laughs> we gonna stay with the community because we've been we've been having a hard time. <laughs> so uh, Chicago, you were born in Chicago. Yeah, born on the south side of Chicago, man. And um, you know, great home um, and uh, two loving parents. You know, mm -hmm. um, uh, some older siblings mm -hmm. and uh, a little sister had some older brothers and a little sister and um yeah uh, finished high school down there and um probably uh, you know get into my story a little bit you know um you know how you graduate from eighth grade and you're you know that summer before you go to high school yeah that's the summer where um i think it was actually celebrating graduating eighth grade yeah you know i had my first beer Wow. <laughs> okay, got you. One of the guys went in the fridge. We, you know, we got on our, yeah. our, our graduation stuff and mm -hmm. um and uh had that first beer, man. And I'm just telling you, I, I will say this, out of all of the guys, I was the first one who said, Hey, let's have another one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and that was years and years ago. And I that's something that I remember. And and it's just little things like that, you know. I think yeah. that, that's not something that, you know, 
I'm not unique in that situation. I mean, for I, sure. all kids, you know, get into the. You oh, know, we all do. Yeah, I we, started. You, had, I, you got the same story, yep. just a different version. Yeah. And um, but you know, I just think that you know, even back then, I think you know, you know, people were saying you know, they weren't saying it, but I think I it just hit me different. Yeah. You know? And I think you know, for people who you know, um, drink normally and, and drink socially and drink, you know, that's totally, totally fine. But um, mm-hmm. there are some people, it just hit different. You it, know? Does. It, <laughs> it does. It hit different. Yeah. And you can almost tell, you know, they might be the loudest or they might be. But, you know, I started off as a very fun yeah. person, you know, who. who well, let's talk about that. Before we, yeah. we, we jump go, forward. Go, go deep. Yeah. Let's, um, what was your childhood like? You said Southside. Yeah. You had yeah. two loving parents. Yeah. Good morning to that. How was childhood for you? Okay. So childhood was, I'll tell you this. My parents were both, you know, working parents, you know. So, you know, pretty much we were kind of left at home to kind of like, you know, whoever, you know, they got to work, you know, they got to provide for us, you know. My dad, um, was, you know, very, you know, into work and um, getting us from one, you know. Point A to point B. Yeah, one neighborhood to a little bit better, to a little bit better, until he finally, man, got his house. You know, he bought his house. There you go. And, I mean, that was just it. You know what I mean? Like, and and he, I mean, he got that bank loan. You know, as as an African-American, you know, all of a sudden they started giving us loans. He couldn't get a loan, you know, to save his life before. And um, so, you know, we, we made it. I never get it, man. I never, from the apartments and stuff like that, I just remember when we moved into our home on 87th Street that there was green grass. I had never yeah. really seen it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you, know you know, like everybody had yeah. a lawn, you know. Yeah. And uh, so, so yeah, you know, my mom's school teacher, my dad was working in actually in corrections and, you know, at the jail. You yeah. Know? <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, so it's kind of ironic that, you know, you know, three three out of all three of my brothers end up, you know, uh in recovery. And you know, I mean yeah. just a lot of you know, this this is times in the eighties, man, and a lot of uh a lot of drugs and stuff were yeah, came, crack, came out. Cocaine. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was that was that was that period. But, you know, back to childhood, um, growing up, you know, we were just kinda left on the devices. And mm-hmm. I always say this was part of my story that, you know, when I played basketball and I scored the winning basket or I scored 15 or whatever. My dad just didn't have a lot of time. He wasn't at the game. You know? Yeah, 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 he for was, sure. You know, he like, Byron, I'm, I'm a provider, man. I'm out here. You know, I ain't got time to be, you know, that ain't going to get yep. us no money. You know what I mean? For you sure, know? man. You know, but I kind of was like a sensitive, I'm the youngest boy, I'm the little baby, you know, yeah. of the boy, you know, the other brothers, you know. So I'm just saying that I always was like, man, you know, some other Parents were in there yelling at their kids or, you know, being like that. And uh, my Yo, dad, they, yeah. he, he just didn't put a lot of value on sports and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. He was like, that's your mama stuff. You know what I mean? When you need to have a talk about how you feeling and all that kind of stuff. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? That's what your mama is well, as, as as You know what I mean? Um, and I, I've seen that with a lot of my friends where it's, you know, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a way like, when the fatherhood is hard, like my my father walked out at thirteen, right? Wow. But before then, very hard, very strict, mm-hmm. yes. very you yeah. know, you you better be in line. <laughs> you step out of line, we're gonna put you back in. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. I do yeah. kind of yeah. No, I I can totally understand that. 
none of um, my parents weren't at my games like that. Yeah, you know, yeah. and I wish they were. And I was kind of <laughs> sensitive as well. I was very sensitive, But man. you say basketball, hobbies. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, so basketball was one of your hobbies. What were other hobbies that kept you You know, really like, active? A, you know, you know, back then, man, they didn't have all the, you know, <laughs> what no games and stuff. Like, we was in the street. Yeah. You know, we were in the street playing every sport. You know what I mean? Like, it would be like our block, you know, versus... The other block, and it'd be, some, yep. you know, we'd be in between cars throwing the football, touchdown in the snow. <laughs> yeah. You know how that goes. Oh, I do, you know, I do, uh, man. Full, full contact sports, yep. you know, and uh, and fights and everything like yeah. that. You know what I mean? 35th and Burnham <laughs> with my cousins, man. We'd play in the street. We'd like, yeah. yep, football, yeah. you know, stick ball. Yeah. Stick ball yes. was another one. Um, but uh, 35th and Burnham. Like, right, actually, it might have been 36th. No, if that's going down, 34th, in between, 34th, and, um, yeah. uh, but it was my uncle, he bought my abuela a house because she wanted her to come move from New York and yeah. placed her in. But, yeah, definitely neighborhood games all day. Yes, yes. And that was just it, man. You know, um, you know, just real innocent uh, type stuff, but uh, competitive and, and really, you know, a good, a good sports dude. Uh, and, you know, growing up in a – you know, winning city like Chicago, you know what I mean? You had the <laughs> Bulls and you know, <laughs> Michael Jordan, you know, that kind Air of Jordan. <laughs> was going on. And, you know, Bears won in 1985. I think they won the yeah. Super Bowl. <laughs> Nothing has happened since. But, gotcha. but yeah, so, um, yeah, and then uh, I, I would say um, around high school, uh, that was like the 80s, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, you know, my older brothers um, – my dad kind of looked at us as like, you know, I don't know. If you guys don't go to college, don't worry. You know, yep. when you get out of high school, I got a guy that's going to get you a job. <laughs> you yeah. Know, you can work because mm -hmm. the the steel mills in, mm -hmm. in in Indiana, just over the border in Indiana, yep. they have uh, a lot of steel mills. And if you get a job at the steel mill, man, you're making big money for a dude that just came out of high school. So it's like. And I know he was kind of thinking, when I think about him, he was probably thinking, like, mm -hmm. instead of, say, you know, pouring a bunch of money into college, I can get these guys on at the mill. So both of my brothers ended up working at the steel mill, making big money. And so when I went to high school, yeah, I wasn't really focused on going to college or anything like that because I knew once mm -hmm. I could, I was telling the guys in there, you know, what, it don't matter. You know, what kind, of, what, what kind of kid would you say you were growing up um, overall? I would say I was well, okay. I would say I was I was a sensitive kid. You know, I, I kind of was maybe a little shorter, uh, a short a short dude. You know, I'm Puerto so, Rican. I know all yeah, about this, bro. Yeah, man. So you know, so I had to you know always felt like I was you know I was a big jokester. You know, I make For people sure. laugh. That really mm -hmm. breaks the ice. Um, I transferred from a couple of schools because my mom always wanted us to. Um, you know, it would be more convenient if she could drive us home from school. So, like, yes. I, I'd be in a school, man, um, for, for two years, and then my mom got a job at a school where, you know, that would be closer. She can, you know, yep. pull us out of that school. I, I just got... I just Good met. with the friends? Yes, yeah, man. Yes, baby. That was a big deal, man. Yeah, for sure. Leaving those schools after I just... Everybody thinks I'm cool. Everybody loves me. Yeah. And then 
boom, now I got to go to a new school now. And I got to start all over. Now I'm in a, matter of fact, I'm going to flip from a Catholic school. Now I'm in a public school. It's a little yeah. more gangster over here. So yep. I might have to get into a fight or something. You know, let everybody know I'm a little tough dude too. <laughs> yeah. you know, it was that kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know, it was little, sc- little scuffles and stuff like they that. They tried me the first day of middle school. Yeah. It didn't go well for them. <laughs> it went well for me. <laughs> well, I'm going to say I had about a four and two record. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go there. <laughs> yeah. I picked a, I picked a, a couple of guys I picked out were the wrong guys. Yeah. <laughs> so what were the biggest barriers you had to face? Because you said eighth grade is when you, you first tested out the... Um, yeah, you know, I, I think, I think um, you know, the, one of the, the worst barriers was the influx of uh, marijuana and cocaine in our neighborhood. You know, I literally saw, you know, um, dudes that were some of the best basketball players at that park you know, dudes that was averaging, you know, that, that played high school and, mm-hmm. and, and the valedictorian. Or the class. I mean, all next thing you know, man, people are snorting cocaine. People are, and I'm talking about, you know, talented people. Yeah. And, and my older brothers worked at the mill, which was a haven for a lot of drug use and stuff like that. Okay. These, these guys are, you know, they work at the mill and they were bringing, my, dad, my brother was having pounds. Yeah, and, and stuff. No, I'm, you know, this is all. You know, no. This is this is all. It's just the reality. I grew Let's, up. Yes, I grew up in in my bedroom. My brother's bedroom was in there, and you know, I'm looking over there, see what they're doing. That's those. Mm-hmm. Are, you know, uh, I saw a lot of things through those through those little window into my brother's room. But when when they left and went out, I would go through their things, and mm-hmm. uh, and I would find man scales and ounces and yep. bagged up baggies and stuff like that yeah. and they and, and they weren't like you know like serious like you know like killer dealers they're just regular dudes that make a little money you know just yep. like look supplemental you know uh you know you're a popular dude if you've got you know for sure if you got some extra cash and, and so when i went to high school area i and, and and here's the thing we didn't even need it we had two working parents you yeah know? yeah uh, so, like, they gave me a, a little allowance, but man, I was very popular in school because I was taking, I was kind of pilfering a little bit of those uh, pounds and taking a little. <laughs> I, I could take. He's a little, out here giving samples. Yeah, yeah, man. I was making yeah. a little cash in high school, and and I didn't worry about really grades or anything because when I got out, my dad said he was going to give me a job at the steel mill. That yeah. was the, that was the entire goal. So here's a here's something that happened. Um, there was a shutdown of all the meals. So here I come graduating out of high school. And all of a a sudden the meals shut down, man. That really brought, I mean, like, it was, you know. Change. It it really, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Because I never, you know, I didn't really apply myself. I wasn't thinking about college or anything like that. You think about going to work to uh, to the mill, man. Yeah, going to get that car like my brother got, you know. And uh, so, man, I was really lost. And, And be honest with you, you know, Messing around with the marijuana and stuff that I was finding in there, and and mm. and, and the alcohol, um, you know, be honest. By the time I was out of high school, I was kind of almost full blown, you know. Um, I was about to ask, like, yeah. what were you under the influence? How were you under the influence? I was just, just um, drinking every day and smoking weed, like on the way to school. You yep. know, uh, while my parents were at work, we would leave school mm-hmm. half. Take a half day, you know, come yeah. to my back to my parents' house. They don't get home till three or five o'clock. So we go in, we sign in, we're at home room. You know how to do that. And then you're kind of counted for the day. And mm-hmm. then you come to my house and we're slapping cards and everybody's got a 40 ounce and smoking Newports and and uh yep. you know, and uh yeah. and and that was just 
what we did, man. But we weren't the only ones. That was, it was a community of us that were doing yeah. that. Well, I started at 13. And yeah. and the reason uh, when the, my stepfather ended up leaving the house, um, you know, it was it was this anger and it was all this yeah. confusion. But at the same time, it was like my mom is it, it wasn't at the house that much anymore. And mm -hmm. you know what I mean? It gave this type of freedom. Well, I could do whatever I want now. Yeah. I am going to do whatever I want, yeah. you know, and with that, I'm this little scrawny kid, probably like <laughs> 60 pounds soaking wet, 4'9", yeah. yeah. um, <laughs> and here I am. Man, I always remember one of the first times I had ever, I had ever mixed the two of drinking yeah. and uh, drinking and smoking. Yeah. <laughs> I had, um, how do I say I had a party, mm -hmm. and then some. My one of my cousins told me, "Go take a shower. You need you need to calm down." Yeah, your boy started crying. Oh my god! <laughs> oh yeah, you was you was you was. I was lit. I was like, I don't want to take a shower, oh bro. And, 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 and this chick at the time that my cousin was talking to, she said, yeah. like, "Come over here," and she started soothing me. So I'm like, "Fucking, I'm gonna cry some more," so she could rub yeah. me down. Leather, <laughs> and then the next thing you know, it was just like, okay. But um, I, I mean, with my drinking and all, like it, it was bad. Yeah. It, it got it got worse as it progressed, and. You know, I felt like it was the only numbing thing yeah. for me. Yes. And, yes. and with drinking, I don't, I'm not trying to sound cliche, but when the the type of pain that I came on to growing yeah. up, it was a lot psychological. It was a lot emotional. And it was just, this was a way to just numb myself. Yes. Oh, absolutely. I feel the same way, man. I, I don't know, you know, I, I just... I started too young, I'm gonna be honest with you. I, yeah. I started, I mean, I didn't, you know, I was drinking and smoking before I had my first sex. You yeah. know what I mean? So, you know, I end up, you know, so, you know, all of my relationships later became all toxic. You yeah. understand what I'm saying? Oh, Every, for sure. Everybody that was I was associated with was doing that you know yeah. what i mean and i mean I, I i got into relationships i'm fighting with you know what i mean and yeah and, and those things totally out of my character but add that other stuff you know mm -hmm. every relationship you know we got you know there's beer here there's cocaine there's there's you know everything you know and and so i became you know um not a functional yeah. uh addict you know i mean mm -hmm. i you know was losing. I wasn't able to take care of myself. I was losing jobs. I couldn't. Mm -hmm. keep, man, there were some people that were still graduating and doing all kind of stuff. They were doing what I was doing, but it was just stunting me. You know, it, yeah. it just my growth was just. My mom had a a list like on like this right on this paper here of thirty to forty, thirty to forty jobs that Byron started and then lost those jobs. Wow. She said, Byron, you're getting to the point where. You know, I just write your phone number down in in pencil. You know what I mean? Because yeah, yeah, he, 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 yeah, he, yeah he, man. You know, because I started. <laughs> you know, I was just unstable with it. You mm -hmm. know, I couldn't take care of myself. I had to stop uh, using, man, because I could not take care of myself. And well, the, you know, coming to that, you know, you knew it became a problem. What drew you to finally stop being the problem and start being the uh, get, being a solution? Well, I'll say this, you know, it wasn't 
the first time. You know what I mean? It was probably be my third attempt. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, I, you know, I'm the type of person. There's there's people who say, hey man, you gotta hit you gotta hit rock bottom. You gotta hit rock bottom. You mm-hmm. know, I had tried treatment at my. You know, asked my mom, can I move back home? Yeah. Uh, and you know, I had lost my apartment. You know, somewhere in like um, 2000 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And um, they were like, yeah, yeah, you can come back here because they they had banished me. You know, because I was you know into you know bringing drama to the house and stuff like yeah. that. So uh, they were like, yeah, if you get clean, you can come back here. And my dad was like, yeah, you can be here, but every day there's a meeting down here, uh, AA meeting down here. You're going to be going down. So my mom was cooking me food and making me. Six o'clock, my dad would roll around. Yeah, that meeting is starting up down there. You need to, you know, you, you need to head down <laughs> there. And he wasn't playing, man. You hey, know? let's do this for let's do that for pops, bro. <laughs> He's like, you better get your ass down there. Cold blooded, man. I mean, finish up that salad and chili that your mom made, and uh, get on that bus stop and get down there. And um, and and it was amazing. I'm be honest with you, man. I, I found. Uh, some kinship in those uh, meetings in Chicago yeah. on the south side that I was going to down at Jackson Park High, uh, Hospital. and uh, But I'll say this, you know, I, was I really doing it for myself or was I really doing it so I could keep that roof over my head or my mom's yeah. house, you know what I mean? And and uh, so about six months in, I'm six months clean, uh, I got comfortable, you know, and I started... Yep. You know, I started, man, he started hanging out with the guys again a little bit in the neighborhood. And uh, but hey, when I go to the bar, Xavier, I tell him when I go to the bar, I'm just having Coke. You know, I'm gonna have a you know, yep. right? Co- Coca Cola. Coca Cola. Yeah, not Coke. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> Coke. Coke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I, I, here's a story that I tell every time I tell my story. Um, I was in a bar at six months clean and. It was the music was bumping, and I said, "Hey, I need a coke." And I hadn't, like I said, I hadn't, you know, I was a, hadn't been to a few meetings, you know. I let the meetings kind of slip a little yep. bit because I'm feeling, you know, I'm good. I got, I got a, this. I got a car now, you know. I got, you know, I got my weight back because I've been living at home. You know, mom yeah. would feed me. You know what I mean? So yeah. you start to your mind starts telling you things, but they made a mistake. The music was so loud. The bartender gave me. <gasps> A rum, oh. a rum and coke, and let me tell you something, man. As an alcoholic, man, if you ain't had a rum and coke in six months, oh, it's gonna <laughs> hit you, man. And, and and let me tell you, I could have said, bartender, this is no, this is, but I was like, yeah, man, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty good, man. I and if I would have stopped there and just, you know, it'd have been fine. I could have. Mm. So I had that rum and coke in in 2005, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Um, by accident, and from that rum and coke, I went back uh, to using for five more years until 2000, and it was like the, the that that was the 5 years that brought me to my knees you know mm-hmm. i ended up moving to milwaukee i lost enough jobs in chicago it's time to go lose some in milwaukee my, <laughs> uncle, my uncle was up here you know i had burnt every bridge in chicago yeah. mm-hmm. and i started like you know one of the things that people who are 
you know, you know, addicts do. They move around. They think that if they just move to another place, they're going to be a different person. Yeah. I was one of those people. I, I lived all over Chicago. Let me move on the west side. I move on. I yeah. move on the north side for a while. And and uh, but everywhere I went, you know, I went too. So that was that was kind of a problem for sure. And uh, so I move up to Milwaukee, and um, all I can say is, you know, you know, I start using up here as well, and mm-hmm. you know, I got it. Lost a few jobs up here, and. Um, and uh, about uh, 2000, September, man, I hit rock bottom. Yeah. Um, I was about to lose my place again. Um, I called my brother in Chicago who had since gotten clean himself. Mm-hmm. And he said, hey, man, I'm gonna, me and my wife, we're going to drive up there. My brother had gotten into church and, you know, he yep. he's found his recovery through uh, going back to church. Mm-hmm. And um, and they drove up and they said, um, Byron, you know what, we're going to, we're going to, you know, the landlord's gonna put you out, but we're gonna we're gonna pay your rent. Um, mm-hmm. But before we pay your rent, you're gonna call a treatment center, one of these Milwaukee treatment centers. Around. Yeah. <laughs> and I yeah. said, wait a minute, you're not gonna give me directly the money. You're gonna give it right to my landlord. <laughs> <laughs> if you know what I mean. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> they said, no, we're gonna give it right to him as soon as you call. Yeah. Call. And I'm honestly, man, I was sick and tired of being sick and tired at that point, brother. I, got, I mean, I had my, I yeah. had all my self esteem. I mean, yeah. my self esteem, like you know, people who know me now just can't even see me like in that in that light. Mm-hmm. Whereas I'm the type of person when you show up, everybody be like, no, 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 I'm gone. You know, yeah. I mean, it was that kind of reputation, which is almost more hurtful than losing everything. Is when you, you know, when people don't want you around. You know what I mean? Yep. And that's not your really personality. I'm a personable person when I'm being myself. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I was just, you know, the type of person that... Well, that's kind of like how my story is. Like, I was in a bar. I went to meet up with a friend. That friend ended up leaving. I'm in this bar, but I had been bartending at this bar for years. And I looked around, and I didn't know the bartender. I didn't know the people around me. And this is a place I had been for for years, bartending. And it just, that's when it hit me. What am I doing here? My wife is at home. Yeah. The, the baby's in the crib. Yeah. Um, it's just, you know what I mean? It, it just, for me, it was it was that that light bulb went off. and What am I doing here? And what am I doing here? So <laughs> yeah. how many years have you been sober? As of last Wednesday, it's been 23 years, man. 23, 23 years. years. So September 13th. Get this boy. <laughs> Hit me. Hit him. <laughs> I had to do it, man. Hey, man, listen, it, it, it is something to celebrate. I'll be honest with you, man, because not so much because of, I mean, just because it just turned on a light. Mm-hmm. You know, it turned on a light this time. Um, and Milwaukee, you know, I, I make jokes about the Chicago, the Bears, the, the teams, man. I got so much love for Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Yeah. For what they did, what for their... Um, recovery community man yeah was just amazing it was amazing and i you know people recover in all states but but there's something special about you know being in recovery here um whereas you know i would first get into 12-step meetings and go out and stuff like that and uh i'd be on my way out and somebody would be like hey hey you know where you going you know we're getting ready to go and have some coffee we're getting ready you know they kind of was mm-hmm. you know that it's not just go to you know they they, they were involved with you know Hanging out, you know, and yeah. uh, let's go help Joe move. You know, Joe's moving. Let's go and do that. And then that kind of taught me a little bit about 
uh, community, you know, building yeah. community and that sobriety is not, it, sobriety is a lifestyle, man. It is. It's a lifestyle. You know, you gotta, it's gotta be fun. Yeah. It is. I'm not, how you gonna be, you think I've been doing sober, you know, I've been sober 23, yeah. I ain't been having no fun. Yeah. I ain't been traveling. I ain't been, you know, I've been taking advantage of the beauty, you know, of sobriety and waking up knowing, you know, who I am and, you know, yep. being being of service to my family and doing all of these things that, you know, that who I really am, you know. Yeah, yeah. Not not the guy that was, you know, that was that was another that was another guy when he when he's using and stuff like that. So um yeah, sobriety here, um, you know, you know, people come from out of town and they'll come over to to our Alamo club and they'll just mm-hmm. they just marvel in how, you know, we kinda hang out and stuff like that. Um you know, so. Well, you're a part of the organization, um, the Phoenix. Yes, and, and the Phoenix is a community that advocates for sobriety. Mm-hmm. Um, how did that come about? Were there any other organizations you were a part of before you found the the Phoenix? Yes. Okay. Yes, and um, how that happened was uh, I started through my love of sports, my basketball. Let's go back to the to the South Side of Chicago. Um, you know, one of the things that I did in recovery to have fun was play uh, softball. Um, the the um, Milwaukee had a sober softball league, and oh, that's fire! And it was just like, wow, I forgot I even played softball, man. I'm out here doing, you know what I mean? <laughs> I can play, I can play ball, bro. Yeah, you know for what sure. I mean? So it, it was crazy. One of the things about that is that you would play all summer in a league, and then you play for the championship, the playoffs, the tournament, all that. Man, I'm playing left field. I'm batting first. I'd be like, hey, man, I can't go. <clears throat> I can't go get high. I can't go. Drink. Yeah, no. We got, we got a game. Set. We, the championship is Sunday. You know what I'm saying? We here. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so I found that, man, I could translate my love for sports, my my. Bro, I was always at, at the basketball court on time. I was always at the game on time. Yeah. So I transferred that uh into my work life and my mm-hmm. you know, being accountable yeah. at work. Uh if you can get to the game on time, you can get to work on time and you can, you know, start and and so really um those were the advantages of of, of sobriety, you know? Um transfer um the skills that maybe you were using for uh, not good things, they're, they're still skills, but they were just being used for the wrong thing. Yeah. So now you apply those things, your tenacity, your tenacity for drugs. Mm-hmm. You're, 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 nobody would stop me when I was getting ready to go do my thing. Yeah. How can you transfer that into a positive way? You, you, got, you, got, you could talk somebody out of blah, 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 so you can maybe work in sales or you could do, you know what I mean? So yep. I figured out there's... Talent. I found that there was talent in me, and one of the things that I did, I started a basketball uh, league here, a sober basket. So they already had uh, sober softball. I said, well, you know what? I'm gonna do a sober basketball night for people, and I called it Rebound. I rented a church, and I said, this is gonna be something I just do free of charge. You know, just guys show up on Tuesday. We're gonna play ball. Everybody's sober, but here's the little hook that I put on them. Um, when you walk into the gym, you think you just getting ready to play free basketball. You got to, everybody's ready to hoop. They they walk in, and I got a circle of chairs in the middle of the court. So before we hoop, 
We got to sit around. We got to talk. You know, we're going to go, what's your name? Uh, how long you been sober? You know, you need a job or, you know, you need a ride or, you know what I mean? And we would kind of like network uh, yeah. with these guys and um, and, it, and became Rebound. And, and, and everybody started looking forward to Tuesday night. Tuesday night just started blowing up. The gym just got packed. You know, all of a sudden, kind of like the opioid thing kind of yeah, exploded. Yeah. A lot of sober house. Man, they was dropping busloads of people. So um, the Phoenix um, was doing the same thing, and I didn't even know about it. They were doing like they were based in Colorado, and uh, Scott Strode, who was the founder of the Phoenix, was going through a similar situation, mm -hmm. and he was finding his joy, his mojo, you know, climbing mountains and boxing and doing what they do out in Colorado. For sure. And so he started the Phoenix kind of based on like, man, you know, he was applying the things that he was learning through boxing yep. to his recovery, to his life. I mean, two guys on, in, in totally different places. I'm doing it through basketball. Mm -hmm. He's doing it through that. And but but they're a national nonprofit, you know. Yep, yep. And so um you know, we, we just kind of found out about each other, and um, they saw what I was doing. They saw how packed my gym was, and and I was actually kind of like, once he started liking my some of my posts on uh, social media, I was yep. posting. Uh, once he started liking my stuff, I started stalking him, and like I was putting, yeah, I was kind of putting up posts so he could see, like, man, look how many people he got, you know, and yep. uh, and so, um, but they were just kind of doing their thing, you know, in their community out in Denver and in Boston, mm -hmm. and. Um, Somebody got me on the phone with Scott, um, and he invited me out to a seminar to kind of see what the Phoenix does. And uh, I was like, well, you know, I got a, I got a job. I'm working in a, in a different field, but I, I still got my basketball thing that I'm doing. Yep. He invited me out, um, and I saw, like, they were doing all this, something called CrossFit and all this stuff, you know. Yep, all these yep. sober people were doing all these uh, weird things, and I was talking about rebound, you know. And, and so mm -hmm. it was just amazing. And uh He's like, uh, you know, we may be getting some funding and, man, really trying to take this thing to all the states, you know. And I was like, man, if you guys ever, you know, want to come to Milwaukee or, you know, this is like 2018. And I have been running rebound since 2008. So I ran rebound um, mm -hmm. basketball from 2008 until 2020 um, when – Phoenix said, hey, bring rebound into the Phoenix. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. And that's how we merged. And, and uh, so so now Phoenix rebound basketball is now Phoenix basketball. And we start Saturday, October 7th. We'll be starting our, you know, third or fourth season. Um, and also, you know. Everyone's, every, anyone, how do we sign up, man? <laughs> well, you know, you just go to thephoenix.org or download the Phoenix app. And it's already on there. I put it on there today. You'll see October 7th, basketball, noon to 2 at Milwaukee Yard. But not only basketball, we do, you know, of mm -hmm. course, you know, we do. Yeah. That was the hook that uh, part of the thing. I, I, you can't just do basketball, Byron. You got to do. Uh, you got to do bay, softball. softball. You got you you to do, do the whole nine yards. Yeah, you got to do uh, CrossFit. You got to be active. Volleyball. So we wanted to get the entire community um you know, uh, you know, women's sports, uh, I mean, co-ed sports, I mean, yeah. uh, and stuff like that. And also, Xavier, there's a whole community of people who don't even play sports, but they're, they they want to do social activities. They yeah. want to do art. They want to do um, music. That's how we started Soberfest. 
So, I mean, there's a lot of artists that are, For sure. um, you know, that are in recovery or, or allies of people in recovery. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I discovered that. I was like, man, that's a whole nother group of people that we can get involved with um, here. And, and the people that are playing basketball with us or playing uh, softball or, or playing volleyball is sometimes totally different than when I go to art night, you know, Phoenix mm-hmm. art night. It's a whole different crowd. So. It's great to be able to provide all of that for, um, and all of our events are free of free of charge, yeah. man. So you're a regional partnerships manager. Yeah. What comes along with those duties? Well, you know, here's how the Phoenix works. We don't have a gym. We don't have an address uh, per se where you can say, okay, the Phoenix is over there. I'm going to go down to the Phoenix on 87th Street or something like that. Mm-hmm. The Phoenix um, works through partners uh, who already have established gyms. So uh, one of our partners is Adventure Rock. And uh, so, you know, uh, Craig Brzezinski is uh, one of the owners over there, great friend of mine. Mm-hmm. And um, he allows us to bring the Phoenix in every Saturday night um, for two hours, uh, 6 to 8 p.m. So my job is to go meet partners like uh, Craig over at Adventure Rock Um Ask them to donate the time, or um, as he's you know nice enough to donate us the, the two hours. They're not very busy. Um, we're usually not that busy on Saturday night, so he gave us. So I'll go to as far as basketball. We go out to Milwaukee Yard, um, and they give us a discount. You know, yeah. And so, so we're all. And one of the cool things about that is we're all over. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you might have rock climbing on the east side. You're going to basketball in Oak Creek. You know, mm-hmm. so that means that different parts of the city can, you know, enjoy the Phoenix uh, without having to maybe go downtown or whatever. We we have, you know, things out in Waukesha. We've got yoga out there. We got classes mm-hmm. and stuff that we do everywhere. Well, with leadership, you know, it, 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 it's a build a partnership. Yeah. yeah, and that's my that's kind of my thing. You know. Yeah. Uh, when I was Xavier, when I was in the streets, I was building partnerships. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Clientele, baby. But um, with with leadership, you know, yeah. this is a role that, you know, brings so many together. What, for you, um, how do you keep motivated and then how do you keep those around you motivated as well? You know what? I love what I do, you know? I, and, and, and that's a great answer by the way yeah i <laughs> yeah. love what i do i i you know um that that's something that i failed to mention is mm-hmm. that i told you that i was doing basketball running a, a, a recovery basketball program on the side just as mm-hmm. something that i love and then the phoenix comes and gives me a job doing mm-hmm. something that i love to do already you know what i mean yeah so i mean like when you get a some when you get an opportunity to work on something that you were already doing for free, um, I mean, it's a joy, man. And and they're very, um, you know, I kind of dreamed up Soberfest with another friend of mine. You know yeah. what I mean? Like the fact that we could have a park in Bruce City yeah. um, and have a concert, um, you know, where no alcohol is served, no marijuana is in the air, in the city of festivals where, you know, everybody's, you know, it's a, we're, we're in Bruce city, you know, um, was kind of disruptive, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so they allow me, the Phoenix allows me to come up with an idea 
and they encourage, go for it. Let's see if that, you know, let's see if that, you know, works out. They, they don't stunt mm-hmm. you when you come up with an idea. That's one of the best things I'll say about my my position. Like, yeah, uh, I, I would work in other positions and I would, you know, I was, I had a given heart and I was very, you know, you know, but it was kind of in the for-profit world. You know what I mean? So some of the mm-hmm. ideas I had, well, they weren't, you know, they weren't really, you know, in it didn't really help the bottom line. So people would yeah. be like, uh, nah, we don't need to do that, you know? Yeah. But but here they allow creativity, you know, and stuff like that. Yeah. So we came up with that and I told them that I was gonna try a, a sober festival. They were like, go for it. Yeah, and you I know? and I, I thank you guys for that because like I said in the beginning, I had never it's always felt like a lonely road for me in doing it because I'm surrounded by it. Everyone that I'm surrounded by is, yes. it's Wisconsin. Yeah. We drink, yes. they drink, you know? And you got to watch them drink. You yep. know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and it, it's, I got a strong, I got strong will and I already yeah. have it in my head with every, the blessing. I feel like this platform has, uh, I've said it before, it's my haven and it's what's, yeah. you know what I mean? Sure. I had to alter my way of thinking and the way I do that, you break a habit, you got to create new ones. But you yeah. gotta create good ones. Yes. So reading books and then doing this. Yeah. Um you channeled. Yeah. yeah. But when I went to Soberfest, man, um State Fair was also that that yeah. that day. <laughs> yeah. And competition. That was and, our competition. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I was telling my wife, we'll stop here for a little bit and then we'll yeah. go to the State Fair. Yeah. Um, my wife wanted to go to State Fair. Yeah. And it didn't happen that day. Yeah. But um, I at the same time, my wife was was like, "Yeah, I didn't want to go either. I just yeah. <laughs> the 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 energy and the 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 vibes that were there. Yeah. It was it was so um, it, it was so how do I say that contagious? Yeah. And, and through that, I, for the first time in my almost two years of sobriety, I felt a home. Yeah. And and you know that's what's led to this, and yeah. the, you know reaching out to you and and I, I, that story. Yeah. That story is, we're going to use that story, man. <laughs> you know, because that's, a, I mean, that's what it is. Yes. I mean, it's a collection of stories mm-hmm. like that, you know, of where, like, people were like, man, I didn't, you know, you know, I didn't know something like this existed where we can, we're not mm-hmm. down in the church basement. We're out in the park. You yeah. know, we're out in the sunlight enjoying mm-hmm. our sobriety thriving in our sobriety, yeah. dancing in our sobriety. You know what I'm saying? So that's the way life is, you know? I mean, yep. that's the way real life is, and that's the way we want to, you know, I want to I always be an example of that, you know, of like smiling through sobriety, man, happy with it. Mm-hmm. I've, been, I've been 23 years sober, so I already know both sides. You know, mm-hmm. I've seen both sides, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, I'm, and I'm here to tell you, I'm – much happier on this side. I don't. I don't long to drink. I don't envy. Yeah. I don't envy those guys on TV. Those, I and you know, I'm. I'm just very happy being sober. Me either. And and you know, so with the Phoenix. Yeah. Um, you know this community. Now you have it. Now you're you're in partnership with this. Um, you know, Soberfest is one of the things you've created. Uh, Rebound is one of the things yeah. you've created. Um, what are other ones that you feel have impacted the community uh, within the Phoenix? There's a cool one. It's called Happier Hour. <laughs> 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 Not Happy Hour, 
but happier, happier hour. <laughs> yeah. So there's a wonderful um, uh, sober bar uh, downtown. It's called. It's on uh, MLK Drive. Um, it's called Honeybee Sage and Wellness, and um, it's owned by a wonderful African American lady, uh, Angela, and um, all they sell is amazing mocktails mm-hmm. and uh, teas and stuff like that, but it's in a beautiful, beautiful setting. And, uh, I mean, when you walk in there, it's just bright, and she's bright, and and the staff is just amazing. We in there. Yeah, you, yeah, <laughs> you need to go by there. And every uh, second and fourth Friday, they do – um, karaoke night. <laughs> they do karaoke night. So we partner with them uh, to do happier hour on uh, the, we do it on the uh, last Friday of the month. Uh, mm-hmm. And um, instead of happy hour, where you know what happens at happy hour, right? Everybody you yeah. know, gets off work in, in Wisconsin and they go to their favorite and they get it started, you know, mm-hmm. and we do the same thing, 6 p.m. to 9 p.m., um, you know, and uh, man, and you talking about, you walk in there, you would think that it was some drinking going on because yeah. you walk in there and people are in there jamming on the mic and, yeah. everybody, and everybody's singing, you know what I mean? And yeah. it, look, it looks, it's raucous, yes. you know, and it's like, it's crazy. I waited, I did, we did like three of them before I actually sang a song. Yeah, because I was like, I don't, I don't, I'm not, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm just setting up. I'm the partnerships guy. I'm not gonna get a man. I was up there doing me some usher, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, so yeah, just to see people, and people will tell you right there, like Byron, I've never done karaoke sober before. <laughs> you know what yep, I mean? Yep. I've never stepped up there on the mic. So you hear little stories, just like the story that you had about being at Soberfest. We hear stories like that at happier hour. Nine, yeah. nine o'clock is over. Everybody can go home sober yeah. and, and handle it, start their weekend off. It's on a Friday. You know what I mean? So yeah. so let's make that available. You know, mm-hmm. you know, there's an, there's options and, and it's not all, you know, there are people who are just allies of recovery who come to happier hour. They just don't like to be around a whole lot of, you know, drinking. Yeah. You know, they might they might drink, you know. How has uh, this impacted your life? I mean, this is this is a big deal, man. You know, it. I like it's my lifestyle. It's part of my lifestyle. If you want to hang out with me when I go, when I got some friends in L.A. or Miami, or when I come in town, my real friends they be like, okay, you know, B, you know, we we got your little stuff over here. We got your little, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, we got your little. You know what I mean? They have they they gonna drink and do whatever they do, and but they respect. They respect my sobriety, man. And those are the only people that I can even rock with. Yeah. So, you know, um, I think that's really cool, you know, to have the respect, mm-hmm. you know, what did I want it? You that know? finally people, you know what yeah. I mean, it, 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 they know. They yeah. know not to cross that yeah. line. Yeah, yeah. And um, there was a line, there was a time during addiction where I didn't have a line. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I didn't have a line, For you sure. know. <laughs> so um, that's what sobriety has given me, like, okay. You know, we do this, we don't do that, you know. And I, I tell people that all the time, new people that are coming in recovery, you got to have some, when a car pull up, you don't just go jump in. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You have your things, you do some things, and there's some things that you don't, don't do. do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. You know, I, and, and that that's what it, like, 
you know, I bartend. Yeah. During the day, I've, yeah. I've recently was just like, you know what? I got this. Yeah. Like, I, I know in my body, soul, thing, there's nothing that would get, like, you never say never. But yeah. at the same time, you know yourself and you know, I just, I, I'm, I feel blessed in the way everything is going and I wouldn't want to jeopardize that. Sure. And I'm a very superstitious person. Yeah. So it, it's like, no. I don't, I don't. Well, I mean, you yeah. bartend. I mean, yeah. I mean, absolutely. I mean, I, I gotta, I'm, when I get in my car, when I leave here, I'm on, the liquor store's right there. Yep. You know what I mean? I got, we mm -hmm. all gotta go past. You know, ba off your story earlier, you know how with the rum? Yeah. That's how I am, because I drink Heineken's. Yeah. <laughs> I've always drank Heineken's. Uh, hey, well, they're good. My, <laughs> good. <laughs> my cousins, um, when, when I, for the first time I turned 21, the first thing I did when I got to the, the club we went to, I went up and I was like, "Do you guys have Heineken's?" <laughs> but um, that was like the high class yeah. drink, bro. When For sure, yeah. you know what I mean. It was, it was. That's, that's the baller stuff. Then. Yeah. So like when um, going back to that story it was like, I always check the Heineken's because there's been a couple times where people have given me a regular Heineken. Yeah. And had I not checked, is it blue? Yeah. Because they have Heineken Zero. Heineken now. Zero, yeah, yeah. So yeah. had I not checked if yeah, it was blue, yeah, yeah. I'd have been drunk. I yeah, would have, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah They would have, yeah, they would have yeah. messed up my yeah. record. <laughs> well, we, we, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you gotta check them. And I, 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 yeah. I, I, I'm saying those are, those are good. Those yep. are good. Just check them, check them because they're making them. Those um, non-alcoholics now, they're making them. It's they a market. Taste, they taste. They close, spot on, close. spot on. <laughs> I tell, I tell people. I was like, so I drink Heineken Zero. Yeah, I drink Sam, ha Sam Adams, the yeah. Haze. Yeah. Um, I drink Corona. Just came out with one. It's, I haven't had the Corona yet. Well, it's been so long that I since I tasted oh, a Corona. Oh, you put a lime with it. <laughs> so yeah, hey, it's been so it's been so long since I tasted a Corona that it's the the brain that plays a trick on you. Like you, yeah. I in my in my taste buds, it feels like. Damn, this tastes like a, a Corona, but um, yeah, man, the market is blown up. I gotta give, I gotta give credit to Heineken Zero though. It's the best with that because they started that. Because after that, everything really followed. Because before yeah. it was old duels. Yeah, oh. I can understand back in the day people trying to get sober and what do they have? <laughs> old duels. It'll take it'll, it'll take you right back. Oh, out bro. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had tried in my yeah. early teens or yeah. early twenties, and I tried it. And that was what they gave me, and I'm just yeah. like, yeah, it ain't gonna work yeah, out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Odell's was depressing, man. But yeah. thankfully, they have come out with some things that that um, you know that won't um, you know have you compromise. You, you won't you won't have any problem driving yeah. home. Yeah, uh, for sure, after, man. After having a zero, you know. <laughs> <laughs> or you and, can have it in the driver's seat. <laughs> we're fit, you know. It's zero. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So what what achievements stand out for you? In this uh, this journey of yours with the Phoenix, man, I'm gonna tell you something. Um, you know, just the journeys of the whole life thing. You know what I mean? Uh, um, you know, with the Phoenix, it's just been an extension of who I am already. And you know, I, what I love about it is that I was kind of dreaming about being with an organization um, like the Phoenix when I was doing Rebound. I was thinking, man, this is kind of a good idea. And people always say it's a good idea, Byron. You should start a nonprofit, but I was like, man, I just kind of like it. I like to be like hands on. I like to be in it, you know. And I think if I would have started a nonprofit and 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 not joined up with another one, you know, I might have got. I would have been a nonprofit executive. I would have had yeah. to get 
get on a board. I mean, I would have had to start a board and I would have, and I might have lost maybe a little touch of like being on hands on. Like, you know, like if I, right now, if I start a basketball tournament, I, if I start a Phoenix basketball tournament, I could, you know, I could actually get in a, in a few games and play a few games. You know, what I mean? yeah. You know what I mean? But if I'm if I'm a if executive of a nonprofit, man, that's a big job. Scott, who's our CEO, he's got a big job, man. He meets with donors, and you know what I mean. It's a it's a lot of that. So I was like, man, I would just like to partner up with a group that's already going. So that's what mm-hmm. the Phoenix has done for me. Um, you know, it's allowing me to still be able to do what I still be active with yes. the, you know feeling the culture and yeah. not so much business it's, yes. it's a way yes. to to release is and be yeah. how how would you describe yourself as a leader um and the work ethic I, I would say this um I'm not the best manager you know what I mean I think a manager is you know maintains or the status quo I feel like and 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 the man maintains the status quo and has to be maybe a counselor for you know his employees and yeah, yeah. you know and do their you know but I'm more of I, I I say I'm not a manager but I'm a leader mm-hmm. you know yeah and I kind of lead um you know I just I think you can feel that when you're around yeah. me you know what I mean my my team can feel that you know and when I go and talk to people about what I'm doing my passion comes through when I'm trying to build a partnership and I'm telling you what we what we can do and how it'll help the community and how it's impacted me and what we can do. And I'm excited about what I do when I get up. And it kind of, through that, people follow. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. people follow and they want to be part because I'm enthusiastic about it, you know? And, yeah. they, and I'm not just somebody who just popped up, you know? I mean, I've been around, like, you know, they seen me, you know, 10 years ago, and I was already doing something, mm-hmm. you know? So um, I think I have credibility. Credibility. So so I just like to be a leader, and I'm, I learn. I study it, too. Now, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't just, you know, I study leadership. You know, I just got out of a, a nine-week program with the Department of Human Services so I'm always trying to do self-improvement where I was working with other leaders of color and we were just networking mm-hmm. and just learning like how to navigate. And, you know, I went back to school. One of the coolest things I did in my sobriety was finish uh, college. And my dad passed. Good 20- for you. Passed, thank you. He passed in 2017, but he saw me graduate in 2014. You know what I'm saying? Amen. And that was just like a blessing. And me and him, like we bumped heads, man. But. By the time you know, you know we we had twenty years of of solid. Me and him was best friends. You know what I mean. And yeah. that that was twenty years of my sobriety. Look at this. Yeah. He might have not came to the basketball game, yeah. but he showed up to the graduation. <laughs> he Boom. was there. Yeah, he was there. He was. Thank you for saying that, brother. You got me there right there. Yeah, you got me. That that yeah. that's what gets me, man. Because. Yeah, that, you know, nobody's ever said that. Yeah. <laughs> nobody's ever said that. You know what? He didn't show up to the games, but he showed, showed up to graduation, graduation, man. He sure did, man. That's I love that. Hey, man. Well, you know what I mean? It's I, I feel a part of sobriety is you find out who you are, but you also, you, you, you're able, you get the peace and clarity to step back and see people for who they really are. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, my my Theo growing up, yeah. he was so strict, so yeah. hard. Yeah. And I, I recently went because he moved to Vegas, <laughs> uh-huh. and just 
I love him to death, yeah. but now he's this—he's he's soft. soft he's, he's, yeah. He yeah. got to—he's uh, created this family, and you know what I mean. He, I, I love and respect him, but it's a softer side of him, a more understanding side of him. Because back in the day, he was so strict, and it was just like, "Don't you dare say nothing, man. man. You whoop that ass." <laughs> I'm gonna tell you something. I'm gonna tell you something. My dad was at the graduation. Yeah. Was tapping that ass, man. Yeah, and because he didn't have time, yeah. you know, he just didn't have time. He would come home. He would get the report of what we did. Yep, he, yep, <laughs> yep. Exactly, dude. Exactly. <laughs> because that's all he had time to do. Yeah, come in there, you know, and handle his business. And we was like, man. But I told you he worked in law enforcement, man. So he was dealing with. Oh, so, for sure. So now yeah. I'm looking back. So the reason me and him became super tight, he was retired. Mm -hmm. You know. He wasn't in that no more. And yeah. all of a sudden he just softened up and, and became who he really, who he really yeah. is, you know? Yeah. I mean, he had to, you know, be on high, you know, alert all the time, you know. So mm -hmm. he was almost kind of paranoid. Um, you know, even like if you're in that line of work and you got a bunch of kids, you could run into somebody in the street with, and you got your kids and you somebody that you didn't locked up or something like mm -hmm. that. So he was not the type to go to like any public basketball. We didn't go to Michael Jordan. We didn't go to the mm -hmm. state because he was always like, man, I got my family. I don't want to, you know, and he would all, we'd be right down the street. He was like, yeah, he, that, he, that dude was in the, yeah. he was in there with us, you know? And uh, so, 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 but when I'm 12 years old, I ain't thinking about that. I'm like, why ain't you coming to my, why can't we go to the, you know? Yeah. But, but now, but looking back, I was like, wow, man, you know, he was trying to protect us in yeah, a lot for of sure. ways, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, so definitely, uh, you know, man, mellowed out after, just like, you know, what you're saying, yeah. you know. Um, How would you feel Milwaukee attributed to your success? I think that Milwaukee kind of slowed me down a little bit, um, mm -hmm. put some years on my life because I think that, you know, <laughs> uh, Milwaukee is, you know, it kind of closes down a little earlier than Chicago, you know. Yeah. My boys down in Chicago or, or, or some of the people, you know, that I know are still in, in the lifestyle in Chicago, man, Man, you could be out three o'clock, four o'clock. You can get alcohol. That's New York too. Yeah, that's New yeah, York too. Yeah, man. Um, I remember we, till midnight. At nine o'clock here, man. That, that's that, yeah. I want to kill somebody at nine o'clock. Yeah. I couldn't get no more liquor. Well, mi midnight until midnight in New York, man. I yeah. go to the bodegas, go get me a thirty-two ounce of <laughs> Heineken. Yeah, of course. They they had the bottles. I don't know if it's thirty-two ounce, but they had these the longer bottles, yeah. the bigger ones, and yeah. Um, yeah. You know you're, you're doing great work with this organization. What do you want your your um, your legacy to be when it's all said and done? I, I have a feeling that you're always going to be a part of this organization. <laughs> I don't see this as a <laughs> well. Yeah, listen, man, listen, listen. You know, I love what I do. You know, you know, I work for the Phoenix man. The Phoenix is also a job as well. You know, I mean, I got to keep it real with you. Yeah. You know? And I try to bring whatever, you know, whatever I'm going to bring. I'm gonna, I want to be passionate about what I do. You know, if I, you know, am not doing the Phoenix, you know what I mean? I still got to yeah. do what I got to do and, and be doing it in a positive way. And, and, and um, but I just love the our community in Milwaukee. I love partnering, you know, with people in the community that's doing good things like yourself, man, me yeah. and you are partners now. You yeah, know, you, for sure. You, you know what I'm saying? And, and so it's just a, you know, those stories need to be told. And that's, those are the kind of things that, that, that you do. You're putting people out, you know, I, I can go to a lot of award shows and I see, um, 
a, a podcast where I'll see somebody being interviewed, and it's really like the same people. I already know who's gonna get who they're gonna call. You know, popularity. And, yeah, yeah. And you, um, you know, tell the stories of, of of others who are also doing the same thing. And yeah. and I love you know being part of that. Uh, whether I'm with the Phoenix or you know, or, or I'm walking into the coffee shop. And I'm having, you know, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I love our community, yeah. you know. Um, and uh, so so I want to be a part of this community. Um, and uh, it's always interesting, man. I, I swear, I mean, I'm a Chicago dude, man. I mean, like, my brother's down. <laughs> I mean, I love the shower, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. But I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't grow so much in Milwaukee, man. Yeah. You know, I'd be like... Can they? Will they bury me in Milwaukee? <laughs> you know that's like a controversial. You know anyway. But, yeah. but but I just got love, man, because it really saved my life, man. Mm -hmm. It really did. And I go back to Chicago. I love. It. I go down there and I go. You know, run, yeah. run back into the uh, family and to friends and stuff like that, man. But Milwaukee is something very very special, man. And I just want to continue to you know be like you know people. Somebody people can look up to in this community. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know what? It's a big city, and you, I won't sugarcoat it. You know, we have our parts, and and addiction is 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 yeah. fierce. Yeah, through these through the streets of Milwaukee and even the suburbs. Mm -hmm. Um, what advice would you give to any addicts right now that they want to get the help and and still haven't found themselves to take that step? I would say that uh, you're lucky um, that if you're breathing, you know, you got an opportunity. You know, I talk to people that, you know, almost not been breathing, you know what I mean, Over overdosed, stuff like that. Yeah. And I would say that, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, resources here in Milwaukee. Mm -hmm. um, and Milwaukee being smaller than Chicago, the line is not as long to, yeah. get, those, to get those resources, you yeah. know. And I, I used those resources when I was getting on my feet. And, you know, it was, you know, I had, I had food stamps. I had to do all kind of stuff to get on my feet. When I got done, when I got a job and I didn't need no food stamps no more, I called, I called them up and I cut them off. Yeah. You know what I mean? But there's things that you can do, you know. You know, I, I bought my first house, you know, like through a program. You know, I built up my credit through yeah. a program. There's all kind of things that you can do. Um you know, so the number one thing I'll tell somebody that's trying to recover or trying to change their life is go hard. Go hard just like you, mm -hmm. just like how you go hard, you oh, know, for sure. doing what you're doing. Yep. And can't nobody stomp you and you're going to argue about <laughs> it. And you know what I mean? You're ready to fight about it. Yeah. I'm ready to fight about it, bro. Yeah, you for know, sure. I, I ain't, certain things I ain't ready to fight about, but don't don't mess with mine. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it, it, it's, it's that passion. It's, yeah. it's, it's the... the, the Look, man, I always say it like this. It took 32 years, but guess what? 32 years it was. Yeah. I tell you from the, the day that I, <laughs> I chose this decision. Yes. Since that day, it's there's no more manipulation. There's no more, um, you know, just tr yeah. I know me yeah. and I know my clarity. And is there a different version of me that people don't recognize? Yeah. you damn right. Yeah. And guess what? I, I don't apologize for it. For sure. I am, I am in tune with who I am. And I know my purpose now. I know what, you know what I mean, what I'm doing this for. I know my why. Yeah. I know it's my family, my wife, yeah. my four kids. Yeah. Like, there is no going around that. So yeah. if you don't fit my lifestyle, 
Believe me, man, <laughs> it's a very thin line. And, and if you get on the wrong side of me, it's goodbye. Yeah. There is no yeah. more. I used to be this guy who reached out mm -hmm. for everyone always, try to take the shirt off my back. And guess what? Mm -hmm. A lot of people, a lot of people, you know, took it took as advantage. a weakness and yeah. took advantage of it. Absolutely. It don't happen like that no yeah. more. And I've had so many people already come. You, you change, you change. <laughs> Damn, fuck, yeah. right I did. I think that's the one you want to hear. Yeah, when they hear that, you got to be like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and when and when we before we, that used to bother us. Like, no, yeah. no, no, I'm still down. I'm still down with the. Yeah. No, no, no. You want to say yes? I'm yes. I have changed. Yeah, man. God. And if people prayed, then I would. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, Byron, man, I I appreciate you coming on here. I appreciate telling your story. I feel that you you are not only a leader in the Phoenix, but you're a leader within this community. Um, Milwaukee loves you. I'm sure Chicago loves you too. <laughs> But guess what? You in Milwaukee. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to no. get home safe. I'm going to get home safe. But, Thank uh, you, brother. Thank but you so much. I appreciate you coming on here um, and, and just being an example of, of something truly special, man, because this is what we need. We need these, these beacons of light in the, in the community that, you know, you, you found your leadership in. It's, it's everything. And, and hear it again. Like, when I went to Soberfest 3. Yes. It it I for the first time in, in almost two years, this felt like home. This felt like home. So I, I again, I appreciate you and and uh keep doing the work you're doing. I am a fan of the Phoenix. I will, you know what I mean? I got my Silverfest man, shirt on. Man, that hey. shirt looks so good on you, man. Hey, for real. <laughs> you know, you guys want to throw me some merch, it'll it'll oh. pop up on these episodes. You let me know, boom, dog. Boom, boom. That just hit. <laughs> that just registered. But um yes. I'm a, I I want you to know I'm an ally in your guys uh your 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 day in and day out and I hope to see this organization just skyrocket. Because guess what? I'm a part of it. And Absolutely. I want you to understand that. You are a phoenix. Yeah, man. <laughs> so without further ado. Thank you, brother. Spearhead out.